How's it going, Robert? Good to, good to meet you. And yep. thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here today and talk with us about the project that you're doing. I'm excited to learn about that today, especially with with our pets, being being a dog lover myself and having, you know, having a member of the family that we added to and she's our little baby girl in our family. You know, I always want to do everything we can to take care of her. And I'm sure there's other members of the audience that listening that would would like to know about alternative therapies and and natural things that they can do for their pets. So I would just like to ask you first question. Can you just provide us an overview of real mushrooms and the focus on the mushroom-based products for health and wellness, particularly in that context for animals? Real Mushrooms is a Canadian company, British Columbia, and their parent company called Namex has been in the space of growing and processing medicinal mushrooms for the past 40 years. They have them grown under USDA organic standards in China, which has the, well, China is actually the the most expert in mushroom growing of any country in the world. They've been growing it since 2000 BC know how to do this stuff. And we grow it in the highlands. We test everything to make sure that we're not taking on any pollution or anything like that. And so the products are very high quality. And about eight years ago, the sons of the founder of the of that of that original company that grows in China decided to put together as interest by the public in mushrooms increased, they put together a retail company called Real Mushrooms. So all of our mushrooms are derived directly from our other company. We have complete vertical, um, we're, we're completely vertically integrated. We know exactly where all of our ingredients come from. We're very strong on testing and quality control. And our mushrooms are actually mushrooms, you know, the stalk and the cap, that sort of thing. Because there are companies out there that aren't actually growing mushrooms, but are selling a powder they call mushrooms because they're growing. When we grow mushrooms, we start with the spores and we mm-hmm. terminate the spores on um, sterile grain usually. And the sterile grain gets all the mycelium growing on it. And then we take that myceliated grain, which we call grain spawn, and we put that on the native substrate, which is usually dead or dying wood or compost. And then the mushrooms grow from that. But there's numbers of companies in this country that are growing the spores on the grain, getting it myceliated, and then drying that, powdering it, and selling that as mushroom. And although it does have some med- some beneficial medicinal benefits, it's not a mushroom. And it doesn't have the potency or concentration that we see in a mushroom. So this company's been going, been doing really well from uh, for the last twenty eight years. They've been very. They're one of the the premier companies in the world in terms of the quality of their products and their sales. And they continue to grow as the public gets more interested in mushrooms. I came to them two years ago. Um, I had been with another company for twenty five years. They were sold. They let me go. I'm not done working. I still want to help those pets. You know, so um, I came to this company and I said, let me put together a line of pet products for you. They said, great, do it. So about two years in now, we've got a number of pet products that we've taken their human products and have put them into smaller capsules and labeled them for pets and made dosage recommendations, those kinds of things. And we've got some soft chews, you know, those are those nice treats that mm-hmm. pets can eat. It's easy to give to them that have mushrooms in them, one for relaxation, one for immune. And we've got another product coming down the line and several more now. And we're doing these podcasts and we're getting out to conferences, we're getting out to pet health expos to get the word out about how 
mushrooms can help our pets and also about the difference in quality control that some companies have with their mushrooms in terms of not really being mushrooms, but being um, you know powdered grain and mycelium. So that's kind of what we're doing. And one of the first things that I did when I joined the company was that I created a, an algorithm for dosing pets because you know we're used to dosing humans, but pets really have not been receiving medicinal mushrooms until recently. It's a new, it's a new thing, you know. Now that people, and you know, they they say that pets are part of our household. There are four-legged children, and they are. And so people, when they find something that works for themselves or works for their children, they want it also to use it for their pets to help them. Logically, that would be appropriate four-legged family members. And so, so I've been, but we, but, you know, humans are pretty much one size, you know, pets, we've got little chihuahuas, we've got, you know, huge mastiffs. So you have to really dose them based on their weight. And how do you figure that out? So that was the first thing I did was I established a way to give effective dosages of these and to measure it accurately. And um, yeah. Now with your extensive background in veterinary medicine, and in herbal and and other types of medicines when or how did you become interested and passionate about exploring these alternative therapies for animals well i am a veterinarian and i graduated from vet school long time ago <laughs> you know and back then we didn't really have much in the way of alternative or holistic or like that. In fact, you mentioned that to some other veterinarians and they kind of go like this, what are you talking about? I found then, but I've always been in my own lifestyle, kind of alternative. I've always been interested in plants. I've done a lot of backpacking and survivalism where I've had to identify edible plants and learn which plants are um, are poisonous and which plants you could use medicinally. So it was just a natural, for me, a natural switch to start looking at using these natural substances to help my patients to help them heal. And I found that I got frustrated after about five years in practice using the tools I had learned in vet school, which are very good tools. You know, conventional medicine has a time and a place and is very powerful for many things. But there's some kinds of conditions, chronic conditions that we see, diabetes and, um, you know, and, and, progressed arthritis and neurologic problems like paralysis and cancer and epilepsy and these things that really the conventional medications just don't really do the job or they're so harsh that the treatment is almost as bad as the problem we're trying to treat. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. So I started looking at diets and I got involved with the whole raw diet movement early on at the very beginning of that process. I started looking at herbs because of my experience you know, in survivalism and started looking at how we could use the herbs better for pets. And then it kind of just progressed on and on. And then as mushrooms started <clears throat> available, I started using mushrooms. I'm in Colorado, you know, so yeah. you know, I started seeing pets coming in that their that their parents had been giving them cannabis for this or that early on, as early as the year 2000, you know, and so I got a lot of exposure to that and saw some of the amazing things that cannabis can do for pets and some of the problems that we have with cannabis and pets. And I'm happy to talk about all those things in our, in our 30 minutes today. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me going. And that was, you know, that was a long time ago, 1987, 88. So I've been doing this a while. And um, mostly I've been doing it and teaching the vets. But now I'm looking to 
to reach out to the pet parents out there and help them with their pets' problems using alternative medicine, using mushrooms, using cannabis. Well, you did start touching on my next question. I was going to ask you with uh, a benefit. You mentioned the benefits, but also the harm. So, with your with your various expertise spanning, you know, CBD use, cannabis therapies, medicinal mushrooms. How do all these elements come together to either enhance or negatively affect the well-being of our pets? Give us some knowledge. Well, let's for us pet parents. I will. Oh, and I, you know, this is very important too. That's one reason why I'm really glad to be here with you. Is that a lot of people don't know that, and I'll start with cannabis. A lot of people don't know how sensitive dogs are to THC, but they are extremely sensitive to it. And one reason that we have discovered through research recently is that dogs have a have the highest density of THC receptors in their hindbrain, in their cerebellum, which is involved with balance, and their medulla oblongata, which is involved with with um, temperature regulation and respiration. Humans don't have that. So we think that THC is very, very safe in humans, which it is. I don't think anyone's ever died, you know, from yeah. THC, human at least. But we have had a couple of, 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 of deaths in dogs that have gotten edibles that, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, one of their, their loving owners accidentally, maybe they have taken some edibles themselves and forgot they'd left them on the coffee table, you know, and the dog snarfs it up as dogs do. And the THC got gets to them, especially that in combination with chocolate. There was one story of a little eight pound skipper key that ate like an eight by eight tray of oh. fudge brownies that had a whole ounce in it. This poor guy died, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're very sensitive. Wow. In fact, dogs are so sensitive to it and their reaction to THC is so unique to the dog that before they had laboratory analyses smuggled pot, they'd feed it to a dog. And if the dog showed this specific reaction, which they call static ataxia, it's kind of they all they kind of stand there and they can't really move forward and they're kind of rocking back and forth mm-hmm. and whine a little bit, they might urinate on themselves, sometimes they fall over. That's the unique way that a dog responds to THC. They would, and it was, it's so specific that they could convict in court with the dog's reaction to that. Dogs are very wow. happy these days that we now have laboratory analyses <laughs> that have to be fed the pot. I don't think, see, I think I love THC myself, you know, and, and I, I've been doing this since I'm 16, I'm 74, still, you know, I'm in Colorado, still doing yeah. it, love it. Helps me now that I'm older with my pain, you know, although earlier on it was just for fun. Dogs don't. You know, they, they're they're all about survival. They want to be able to see, I'm getting all passionate about this. They want to be able to see good. They want to be able to hear good. They want to have good balance so they can run in case it's a survival situation. And when they're stoned, they don't like that. They can't do that, you know. And I'm curious, you know, what a, how a dog would react to psilocybin I've not heard anybody explain that to me. Maybe a heroic amount of psilocybin, not a good idea. I'm exploring the concept of microdosing with the psilocybin, but and I'm probably going to start with my own dog, but I haven't really had to. <laughs> but I'll, when I do, I'll let you know what I find out. There we go. That'd be very interesting to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think with cannabis, you know, CBD is extremely safe. 
and many CBD products are full spectrum, which means they have THC in them. If it's a good product and the THC is really at the level it's supposed to be in that product, most dogs will be okay with that. But there's even a few dogs that to hemp levels of THC can cause them to have a reaction. So I personally promote and suggest that we look at broad spectrum hemp products with dogs because of their sensitivity. Now, there's some companies that that sell the full spectrum and they, they say broad spectrum doesn't work, but that's not true. A lot of people that spoke pot, you know, they feel the THC. And so they feel that it has to have THC in it for it to work, but it doesn't. You get the entourage effect in broad spectrum, even without any THC, because you've got all the other cannabinoids in there. You've got right. all the terpenes in there. You've got <clears throat> all the flavonoids. So especially like with an epileptic dog, I would not want to use a full spectrum hemp product because I'm worried THC can precipitate seizures in some dogs. I wouldn't want to go there. You instead know? of instead of fixing them like it does in humans. Wow. Complete well, yeah. effect. Exactly. And I'm not so sure. Yeah. I think that CBD is much better suited to treat epilepsy than THC. I believe in like a one-to-one or even like a four-to-one. Like I think THC is a good, it's been proven that it THC is when given in combination with uh, CBD does have a more impactful effect, but it, you're correct. It does not need to be a high dosage amount at, at all, at all. Not at With the dog and, and Bryce, with a dog, I would say those are two I would go yeah. with a one or a 10 to one, you know, wow. be real careful. The hemp, full spectrum hemp is a 30 to one. So mm-hmm. I think you know, if, you, if you really want to get down and use some tea, now I think THC for pain, great. THC for cancer and for cancer side effects, great. So that might be where you want to go to a 20 to one or a 10 to one, or maybe ultimately a one to one. What I have found about dogs and THC is that, and, and everybody, all of us, we develop tolerance to the effects of THC. That's why people right. keep looking for a stronger pot at the dispensary. Give me that 35% right. THC because I didn't get so high from that 25%. Well, the real problem is you need to stop doing it as much because your body develops tolerance to those effects. If you take a break for a couple of days, then you could have some fun. You won't use up as much and still get a pretty nice pretty nice hand. So we can use the fact that all animals develop tolerance of THC to start our dogs on very tiny sub-psychotropic amounts of THC and give it to them for a week or two, and then gradually start to increase it you know, week by week in very small amounts to try to avoid them from having a reaction, but to try to help them benefit from the THC to treat their pain or deal with their cancer or deal with their chemotherapy side effects, you know, that sort of thing. And that's, so that's kind of my approach to, to using it that way, you know, being careful about getting started and getting them to develop tolerance. Dogs will still get sedated from higher doses of CBD, but they won't get that whole neurologic ataxia thing where they're off balance and, and really not in. No, I love using the, I've used used with my own dog like the looking back at it i want to say it was the broad spectrum uh cbd like relaxation or an, uh, anti-anxiety choose you know around fourth of july time and stuff give it to them to help them calm down and stuff and work it works great so you're you're a veterinarian yeah. you are a podcaster you're a researcher you're an advocate you're also an author and you have uh, a, well, I, new- I, I wrote a book called medical marijuana and your pet 
I self-published it, and it's currently out of print. I wrote it in 2015 in the oh, very, wow. okay. very early part of the okay. of this whole cannabis revolution. And since then, I have learned so much that there's things in that book that aren't correct. And I don't really want to have it out there anymore. I'm just about finished with my second book. And the second book is called, There's a Mushroom for That. <laughs> and it's about mushrooms, but it's about mushrooms and cannabis. But as I'm approaching the publishers, many of the publishers, amazingly enough, as popular as cannabis is, are not interested. They're worried about whatever it might be, about printing a book about cannabis for pets. Mushrooms for pets different. So this book, so, so in this book, I tell seven different pet stories about different conditions: allergies, arthritis, anxiety, um, cancer, bowel disease, epilepsy, um, and wellness. I use a story from pets that I've worked with, and then I mm -hmm. talk about how you can, you know, what the conventional approach is, how regular medicine would treat it, and then how alternative medicine would treat it, and how we would use and which mushrooms we would use, and how we would also blend the mushrooms with the cannabis use, and how to dose the cannabis how to dose the mushrooms and put it all together into a program. It's 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 for the dedicated pet parent, the one who has pets who have problems and is 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 not wanting to uh, the, the the conventional medical approaches are too harsh and they're wanting to find a more effective path for their for their pet. So that's what. So this book is on the on the verge of coming out. I've broken it down into little ebooks, and so right now on my website, I'm offering this ebook both for sale, and we're also giving it away with certain you know email offers, that kind of stuff. Um, on my website is I don't know if I've given you that information. It's called mm -hmm. well wellpetdispensary.com and I can give you that those information that information later we can even offer your your listeners a little bit of a discount code that would be specific to this program um if yeah, that would be that would be cool that would be cool uh, I would that would be great you know you touched on a multitude of different things right there no, I, I don't even know if I don't even know if anybody else though you're writing a book about the medical use combining cannabis and mushrooms I don't even know if anybody ever heard of anybody doing that even yet for humans. You know, there's been books written about diff each one, but you're talking about combining the use, which I think is really powerful. You know, the, I think it's a I love. Yeah, I think it's a really unique skill on my part because I do have that very that very specific approach. And one of the products that I've created for my own website using some of the real mushrooms mushrooms in it are soft cheese that contain both CBD and CBG combined with lion's mane and cordyceps. Now, lion's mane is a nootropic mushroom. You're perhaps aware of that. Um, mm -hmm. They're talking about using lion's mane first to get your, your mind to open up and then taking psilocybin with it. Right now, lion's mane is the most popular mushroom in North America because of its ability to improve memory and its ability to help support cognition as well as reducing stress. We're even seeing some improvement in some early Alzheimer's patients that are taking lion's mane. But I find if we add lion's mane and combine that in CBD, you get more profound relaxation. You don't get sedation. They just chill. You know, they just are happier. And so these soft shoes are pretty cool in that regards. But you can also just, you know, whoever's out there can take their own CBD that they're using and find a good lion's mane and use them combined, you know, in, in their own pets. And it's really cool. So, you wrote a paper on the endocannabinoid system of animals. 
Now you've talked about your use of it in your own veterinary services. And I was going to ask you that in your clinic that you either worked in or ran, did, did you yep. use alternative therapies like this? I mean, you said that you have published in your, in your book stories, testimonials. So. Well, I'm here in Gulf, Colorado. I've had, a, I'm, I'm no longer in practice. I sold the practice you know, about 10 years ago to, to work specifically in terms of writing and publishing and, and working with companies as far as developing products. But um, yeah, no, I, I was using it as extensively as I could. There's been a, you know, there's been a lot of new stuff since I sold the practice though, but I still, I work with veterinarians a lot and I work with a lot of pet parents through my, my website. And so I'm still currently working actively helping pet parents use cannabis, using mushrooms in effective ways for their pets. So yeah, that's where those stories come from. Now you said you have some podcasts and other educational outreaches going on. Do you want to speak about that? What are you doing to spread this awareness? Because as as we know, it all comes down to education, right? You don't know what you don't know. And that's the big thing in this space. Even in the even in the hemp cannabinoid space, since 2018, we've seen a a burst onto the scene of, you know, C B D being more widely used and then other minor cannabinoids that don't have psychoactive effects. You were talking about CBG that you use in your own blend, and then there's CBN and uh, THCV, and uh, there's different forms of can different cannabinoids naturally occurring that have these amazing benefits. So what are you guys doing to raise the awareness for people and the pets? And then actually, let me back up with a question before you tell us how you're telling people. Where did you start all this? What sparked the interest of, you know, I'm going to start trying to figure this out in pets. When did you start researching it specifically? Well, really early. I, okay. Um, about in pets, about 2001, 2002, because okay. we legalized things in Colorado in 2000, but it took a little yeah. while for things to catch on. We were worried that dispensaries were going to get shut down by the feds, you know, until Obama came on board and said it was okay. So, you know, it's been a gradual increase. It's always been of interest to me. I, you know, I've been a user of cannabis for many years and a user of mushrooms. And I always apply these things to my own health. And I always apply what I learn in my own health to my patients. So it's been a long, it's been a long course of learning over these years. And I'm still learning. And and every every day I'm learning more. This company that I'm working with, Real Mushrooms, we're doing multiple podcasts each month. I write blogs for a, a pet magazine called Animal Wellness. Um, I write blogs for the for the Real Mushrooms website, which gets you know thousands of visitors every day. And then in my own world, I'm develop I'm getting I'm going to be starting soon a Facebook group where we're going to be able to have conversations about pets and mushrooms and cannabis because you, a lot of veterinarians will not talk about cannabis with their clients and so there's this real absence of information out there i mean pet parents can probably buy cbd you know um at their gas station they can mm -hmm. you know, if, they're in a, if they're in a state where they've got dispensaries they can go to a 21 and older you know adult use dispensary buy anything they want there you know and and give it to their pets so um and and a vet can't talk to them about how to avoid harm, how to keep that dog from not from from not getting so high that it has to go to the to the to the ER 
for that. So there needs so vets won't talk about it. And I've been teaching vets about this so they could talk about it, but the laws, the state laws within this the each veterinary association is telling veterinarians you shouldn't talk about it because it's not legal for vets, which is not exactly true. So there needs to be a place where pet parents can go that they can get good information. So I'm about to set that up as a Facebook group. And then from that, I'm going to get set, I'm going to set up some online courses. Um, that I'll be able to promote through that Facebook group. And I'm also going to be doing some coaching where we can have conversations with multiple pet owners, you know, maybe once a week or a couple times a month, It'll be a subscription basis. And they can talk to me about their pets' problems and I can make suggestions, but other people can also learn from, you know, the conversations and discussions that we have. So that's in process right now. There's also are these events called pet summits where there's like 10 to 20,000 pet parents that um that watch these free interviews about a variety of topics and there's a number of vets that get involved in that and I'm involved in that as well. And so with these these um these pet summits, I get to give a little bit of education and kind of and then that kind of gets uh, pet parents um interested to sign up with the other things that I'm doing. So I'm I'm learning I mean this this is a kind of, I'm kind of an old timer, you know, and and this is this is kind of a new world this this online world where people are, are meeting socially and learning and discussing and and marketplace aspects of it as well. So, you know, I can do it. I'm learning, it. you know, I'm, I'm COVID changed so much now. I know. We can yeah. we do the virtual meetings and you can have, you know, hundreds like you said, hundreds of thousands of people in there and all just pushing for one cause. So it sounds like yeah. the reception to alternative therapies for pets has been very Huge. great. Huge. That's good. Yeah. Some of this is the failure, I think, of conventional medicine and the harsh nature of many of those things. But um, I think some of it also is just a cultural trend. I think people are looking for things more natural, you know, more consistent, healthier, not just for themselves, but for their pets as well. Now, we talked about a lot of benefits. Are there any potential challenges or considerations to be kept in mind when you're, we did talk about them with cannabis. What about with mushrooms? I mean, we're not even using psychoactive mushrooms, but just natural uh, wellness mushrooms. Is there any precautions that people have to take when giving them to their pets? Mushrooms are extremely safe. They're food. Many of them are, some of the most, you know, prized edible mushrooms like shiitake, you know, and button mushrooms so on, you know, are very, very safe because they're, they're food. You know, there's a couple of cases, you know, where if you're on, you know, anticoagulant therapy, you need to be careful. We don't really see any drug interactions. The, the, the studies that we've seen where they're using uber, uber high dosages, you know, the worst that might happen is a, a rare individual might develop diarrhea. Nonetheless, you know, I still suggest that you know, because we never know how an individual animal is going to react to a mushroom, that I always recommend that we start low, mm -hmm. go slow, and gradually work our way up. Same same thing I tell people about cannabis and especially yeah. THC. Start low, go slow, stay as low as you can, you know? Yeah, that's good. Before we go, is there any stories that stand out to you that you've in your experience with using these alternative therapies, whether it be cannabis, mushrooms, or a combination of both, can you can you elaborate? Or I don't know if doctor patient privilege hinder that, but can you can you elaborate on a on a story? 
again, and this is actually a story, one of the stories in my book on cancer, you know, and when pet, cancer in pets is on the rise, and when pets get cancer, oftentimes pet parents think about mushrooms, or think about cannabis, or think about homemade diets. And so this was a dog that had cancer of the spleen, which is very, very toxic, very aggressive. They get it and they may, be, they may need to be put to sleep within a month or two. And normally what we do is we, re we surgically remove the spleen. And these people said, we don't want that surgery. You know, if you can treat it with mushrooms and cannabis, go ahead. And so I did. We, I made recommendations as far as cannabis and, and a ketogenic diet. And, and they lived in a state where there was adult use. So I explained to them how they could go to the dispensary and buy a syringe of THC and dilute it in a little dropper bottle. And then I, we could com compute what the dosage would be of that and use that combined with the dosage of CBD so we could get you know the appropriate dosage starting low, working our way up, and the mushrooms. And this dog went on to live nearly a year and it went on to live well. I think if I had been, if they had let me go ahead and remove the, had them remove the spleen, I suspect the dog would still be alive. But that diseased spleen inside the dog kept rupturing and kept causing problems. It had to get out of there. But I mean, I understand. I respect every pet parent's, you know, philosophy and point of view. Um, and you know, I just tried to work with them. But that was a that was a, an amazing success story. And um, yeah, I really learned a lot from. I learned a lot from that. And thank you, Dr. Silver, for sharing that with us. And and thank you for just sharing us the general knowledge that you had. You know, before today, I really did not I really didn't know that there was so much use of medicinal mushrooms for pets. I didn't. I, I mean I, I knew C B D myself and everything, but I didn't didn't even think of all the other and I do take them myself. And so maybe I'm gonna start you sparked my interest to start looking at some different things for for our animals as well. So I appreciate that and would love it. Uh share some information back and forth and we'd love to see what you have going in the future, follow along with you and then maybe have you back, you know, in a, in a few months when you guys have some new products out and stuff and talk about uh, some new products that you have for the pets. Absolutely. And I think we share emails already from getting yes, this. So, you know, if you have questions about your own pets, please, um, Grace, please, please reach out. I'm more than happy to help you. Well, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. And thank you for your time. You have a blessed day. Thank you. So. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.